0: Lo talk radio
1: the headlights are a-cutting the fog on a midnight highway and eighteen wheels are a-driving through the dawn There's a blue ridge mountain sunrise filling the mirror. And the ashtray's full The coffee's almost gone And the trucker's heading west To Colorado Passing the miles with his friends On the CB code. And tonight the truck stops somewhere Out in nowhere And tomorrow The wind and the open road And I believe he's gonna drive that rig to glory And I believe I feel the freedom in his story Riding that diesel one Chasing that long white line Dropping that load on time And he's going home
2: everybody, and welcome to the Interactive Internet. I'm your host, Pete Carr, welcoming you to our Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening show. And, uh, you know, usually, uh, well, I used to be able to schedule shows in advance, uh, but unfortunately we can't do that anymore with Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we have to schedule them. Each episode has to be individually scheduled, and I didn't schedule one for today, Um, I went into Blog Talk Radio about an hour ago, and I I went ahead and posted it so that it did schedule up. But I also noticed that um, when I'm scheduling a show, it says start your show now or schedule an episode. So apparently, I can go live basically at any time I want to. Uh, That doesn't do you any good when it's a schedule, when, when it's off of that schedule, but if we do have um big breaking news, I can go live at any time. So that's kind of interesting. Anyway, uh, we do have um quite a show for you today. We have two uh two celebrity passings and the end of Sabado Gigante. So we're going to be talking about endings today, folks. And and if you're not uh in tune with that, you know, now's a good time to click off because uh we have um, one international star that passed away uh, Saturday, and uh, or Friday, I guess. And then uh, a White House staffer uh, was killed yesterday in a bicycle accident. We're going to talk about that for a few minutes, because that does have uh, national political connotations here. Anyway, uh, I see Lou is here, and I see Brian is here. Uh, Lou, you were on first. So uh, why don't you say hi to the folks and give us about a two-minute rundown of how your week was.
0: Hi, everyone. How's it going? Well, my week has been very busy because I've worked. This is my long week for working. Um, But I had other things going on as well, and we've had rain, and we've got a couple projects that we want to work on, and we finally got all the materials together for that. So we'll get to do that maybe in the next couple of days when I'm off and if I'm not running somewhere. But other than that, it's, uh, you know, the rain and the work and so forth. It's time to sort of, in a way, been quiet. I'm babysitting my son's, or me and my roommate are babysitting my son's dog for the weekend. She'll go home tomorrow or Tuesday. I'm not sure when. To go along with the menagerie I already have here. So other than that, it's been quiet. Mm-hmm.
3: Hi, Brian. Mm-hmm. Long time. <laughs> yeah, hey, Dad.
2: Hey, Lou. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. Brian. Folks, we haven't heard Brian in a while, so give us an update on what you're doing. Um, I, I don't know if you started your new job the last time we talked or not last time you were on, but, um, yeah, you've got about two minutes to give us a quick rundown of what's going on with you now.
3: Uh, actually last week I didn't, uh, I didn't call in. I started my, uh, my new job, uh, Thursday. I actually, I got here in California Wednesday of last week. Called in late cause I was watching the, uh, the NASCAR race on my phone. The motel doesn't provide the channel. I was on my tablets dead. So I was watching the, uh, the race on my phone that got interrupted because it's raining at the house. So that's the reason why I called in when I did, um, other than that the past week i've been here in uh here in california driving uh doing local loads went up to nor- northern cali came back down to southern cali truck that i was supposed to get went in the shop uh friday of last week it was supposed to be done previous friday but it's not so i'm, I'm still here in california hopefully the truck will be out uh, either tomorrow or tuesday once the truck is out of the shop i will be going back over the road so that's that's what i've been doing dealing with. Uh, Southern Cali traffic and morons, and that's about it. Local load.
2: Yeah, you're um, you're out in the Los Angeles area now, right?
3: Yeah, I'm kind of uh, northern Los Angeles, right there by uh, I-210 and I-5. Oh,
2: okay, okay, okay.
3: Almost uh, what they call San Fernando Valley area. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in San Fernando. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Um
3: the um uh, the Emmys uh the Emmy Awards
2: are today also folks and uh Brian give us an update on the weather
3: because I heard that it was hot in Los Angeles
2: today. <laughs>
3: it's been hot for the past week ever since I got here. It's been easily a hundred, hundred and anywhere from a hundred to uh, maybe a hundred and six, hundred and seven. Yeah, now folks, that's uh, that, that's warm
2: for Los Angeles area. They they usually don't get quite quite that hot in the summertime, and especially in September. Here
3: we are late There's September There's been
2: a heat. There's
3: there's actually been a heat advisory like ever since I got here. Really? Yeah, I mean, every time I go on the on my Weather Channel app, there there's always a heat advisory because it's been so hot. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's really unusual for that um, for that
3: time of year in that part of the country.
2: Uh, you know, it gets it gets up in the nineties normally in uh, Southern California, at least. Um, I would say anywhere west of Interstate fifteen. Uh, of course, east of Interstate fifteen is is pretty much desert area, and that'll be well over a hundred. Uh, and it's it has these, been getting down. It's
3: been getting down to like the the mid or high sixties at night a couple of times, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, and they were actually yeah, uh, calling. They were actually calling for rain here. Yeah, that would be good. I know it rained uh, rained last week for about twenty four hours almost. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. That's they need
3: rain. They need rain all through California, north and south. Yeah, especially uh, with those but, wildfires. Yeah, and we are in the
2: fourth year of a drought. And I just saw yesterday on Twitter. Um, Somebody posted, and I think I retweeted it, that um, the snowpack levels up in the Sierras are at what they call a 500-year low. There has been so little snowpack uh, over the winters, the past four or five winters up in the Sierras. And, uh, you know, Brian and I both uh, drive Interstate 80 over Donner Pass, and uh, I have a guy on Twitter that posts the automated signs on the interstate. She didn't even post one thing last winter because they didn't have chain laws or anything. Now, they may have had a chain law up, you know, uh, overnight, some night, but usually Donner Pass has uh, has anywhere from 10 to 20 feet of snow up on top. Uh, they didn't have anything last year, folks. They are in what they call a 500-year low for snowpack in the uh, in the Sierra, and that equates to um, the water in the western part of uh, of California, from from the Sierra Nevada west. All of that snowpack melts and, and provides water for Northern California. Well, they don't have it, and and that's part of the drought situation. It is hot and it is dry in uh, in California, hotter and drier than normal. Anyway, um, that's what's going on, and uh, good luck with your new job. And if we have time here, maybe we can catch, uh catch up a few more minutes on uh, on, on the company we went to and all that. Um, in the meantime, folks, if you would like to call in and join the conversation, it is 646-478-5150. 646. 646- four seven eight five one five zero. Call in at any time and uh, we'll put you on too. In the meantime, uh boy, this was a, a, a shocker of the death, I'll tell you folks. Um Jackie Collins, sister younger sister of actress John Collins. Uh Jackie Collins was a prolific romance writer. She wrote a lot about Harvard glamour and uh, and you know what was going on around Hollywood and all that she was um definitely what what a lot of people call a classy lady uh I followed her on Twitter for a long time in fact, she even uh made mention of one one comment that I had made she said something about um about london uh she was from uh she was born in nineteen thirty seven in London. Anyway, she had said something about London not being what it used to be, and I I, I messaged her back one time here about a year or so ago, said that I was there um, when I was in high school in Germany in the 60s. We would, uh, two or three of us would... uh, take and, and go on over to London for the weekends, you know, maybe about three or four times a year we would go to London and, and spend the weekend in Soho. And, and uh, you know, that was the old Carnaby street and all that. And I, I you know, I, I tweeted back to her and said, when I went to high school in Germany, London was our, was our special hangout on the weekend. And, uh, it was just unbelievable, you know, back in the mid and late fifties, uh, what, uh, what London was all about back then. That was the story of Beatles, the story of Rolling Stones. They had what they called the British Invasion, which was all the groups from England were playing the States. Um, it was a time when, when England had two different factions. There were mods and rockers. Rockers were kind of the um, kind of the black leather, tight black pants, pointy boots, you know, motorcycle riding people, and the mods were uh, were very well dressed up, colorful suits, ties. You know, the big doors, ties and all that. I I fit kind of in between the two of those. But there was um, there was actually some fist fights uh at Brighton Beach. Brighton is uh, is a big summer resort, anyway. Uh There was a big uh, big rumble in Brighton Beach. I think summer of. Uh, I'm going to say 53 or 64 was just before I got to Germany. Um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of fighting back and forth between the two groups, and then the two groups were represented. You know, like the Rolling Stones were definitely the rocker type, and uh, people like uh, the Moody Blues were more of the mob, uh, representing the mob music. And uh, like I said, I kind of went back and forth between the two. I was neither mod nor rocker, but I I kind of dressed mod back then. Um, nice nice suit coat, you know, nice tie, all that. Um, that was the kind of kind of the way I dressed back then. Anyway, she happened to say, "Oh, uh, she mess with me that." She said, "Oh yeah, I was beautiful back then," you know, even even though. The Mods and Rockers had a problem with themselves. Um, she uh, she loved London back then, and, and it was it was a special place. It was kind of like uh, San Francisco in the '60s with the hippies. Carnaby Street was the London equivalent of haight Ashbury in San Francisco, so that gives you an idea what that was all about. And it was nice to her them actually um return the uh you know, return the message. Anyway, uh she passed away, at age seventy seven, and um apparently was suffering from uh breast cancer for the last couple of years and kept it private, kept uh, kept writing, kept writing her book, kept traveling. You know, she, she kept her life up. And I noticed that she even posted on Twitter a couple of times on the eighteenth and she died on the ninth. So so she was still um out there in the public aisle all the way to the end. Just amazing. Now uh, I don't know about Brian but I'm gonna say Lou, um were you any kind of a fan of Jackie Collins that we're writing on here? I'm sorry? I said, were you any kind of a fan of Jackie Collins and her writing? Oh yes,
0: that? yeah. I read a lot of her books over the years. In fact, I think I still have quite a few of them. Hollywood wives and Hollywood husbands and all of those.
4: She she was good.
2: The thing that she said, she said she could pretty much write anything about. Hollywood people because Hollywood people don't read in the first place no
0: they don't <laughs> the majority but, of them really people, probably do not but uh, she she really did a good job you know how much of it was true how much of it was fiction there's really I don't think unless you knew the people that might be involved I don't think you would be able to tell the difference yeah. she was quite an author quite a good author
2: Well, it says that she moved to L.A. in the 1960s. Um, She became a U.S. citizen and spent most of her career in uh, in the Los Angeles area. She wrote 42 novels, all of which appeared on the New York Times bestsellers. In total, her books have sold over 500 million copies and have been translated into 40 languages. Eight of her novels have been adapted for the screen, at either as films or television miniseries. And it also says, of course, she was the younger sister of actress Joan Collins. And uh, Joan Collins was on Twitter earlier and posted uh, a memorial to her sister and had a uh, uh, picture of. Uh, of the two of them, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, the two of them when they were younger, probably hmm. three, four, five years old, something like that. Uh, yeah. Another thing that I found interesting about this: you know, her mother was Elsa Collins, died in 1962. Her father, Joseph William Collins a theatrical agent whose clients later included Shirley Bassey, the Beatles, and Tom Jones. Tom's South African born was Jewish and a British mother was Anglican. And she also had, in addition to the older sister, Jones, she also had a younger brother, Bill Powell. Uh-huh. Okay. Didn't know that. Um... Supposedly, somewhere around age fifteen, she reportedly had a brief ap- affair with twenty-nine-year-old Marlon Brando. Uh, she began appearing in acting roles in a series of British B-, B movies in the 1950s, and worked as a stage singer alongside a young uh, Des O'Connor, among others. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. Her parents then sent her to L.A. to live with her older sister, John Collins, who was already a successful Hollywood actress. And uh, apparently she uh, she appeared in, in ITC, independent television company, ITC TV series Danger Man and The Saint. Um, Roger Moore was a saint, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good show.
2: Okay, I'm trying to go down to find. um, I wish I had an actual filmography here, but they don't. It just chronicles uh, each decade from the 1960s to the uh, 2010. Um, it says, in 2011, she was asked if she was dating anyone. Collins said, I have a man for every occasion. <laughs> uh, Sunday Times Rich List, 2011, Collins was listed as the UK's fifth richest author with an estimated personal fortune of $60 Two thousand and thirteen she was appointed officer of the Order of the british empire the o b e oh okay hmm. uh she died two weeks before her seventy 70- then diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer more than six years before her death but kept the illness almost entirely to herself. She reportedly only informed her sister two weeks before she died. And she flew from L.A. to London to appear on the ITV chat show Loose Women only nine days before her death. I'm looking to see if there's any... I don't see any... Uh, Any listings of her uh, of anything that became films. Anyway, she was a romance writer. Um, Like everybody says, she was very classy. She was. uh, She traveled in, uh, you know, what we consider the upper crust. She uh, she was also on Twitter, and she would uh, she would answer you. And and I thought that was you know, I mean, you look at it. I don't know how many million you know, hundreds of thousands of uh, followers she had on Twitter, but I thought it was uh, very nice of her to answer me one time. That was, uh, that was a highlight. Anyway, um, anything else about her, Lou, before we move on?
0: No. I, I know she was on, uh, a couple of Jones shows. Um, you know, she dabbled a little bit in, uh, in acting that she mainly she was a writer. Yeah. And they made a lot of her books into movies.
2: Yeah, I was never well I, I was never a fan of Joan Collins and I think I uh I put Jackie into that same category because of because of her sister Joan Collins. Um I, I was never I don't think I've read three Romance books in my life, oh. maybe maybe two that you could call romance books. Uh, mm-hmm. and talking about like the Harlequin romance books. The only reason yeah. that I even read that. The only reason that I even read those was because I wanted to see what they were all about. And mm-hmm. to my mind, now maybe this is a feeling of. Of Harlequin or whatever, maybe I was reading the wrong authors, but it just seemed like they were they, they were formulaic. They had a formula and they stuck to it. They were almost cookie cutter, and the only thing different was the name of the characters. That's that's the way I, I do romance novels, but maybe I'm maybe I'm looking. Maybe I'm looking too far down. Maybe I need to go up a little bit and read uh, one of Jackie Collins books to see what that was about.
0: Well, her books definitely were different. Like I said, it's unless you knew for sure what actors might be involved, um, it was really, really hard to tell the difference between actuality and fiction. Uh-huh. I mean, her her books pull no punches.
2: Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Um, Maybe it's the gossip angle, too. I'm not a person that that, um, entertains idle gossip just to be telling a story or something, or or, especially us talking about somebody else without them being present to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm just not that type of individual.
0: Well, she took, you know, so, well, like, a, like a lot of um, stories and TV shows and movies, you know, based on, based on, they take the, um, some of the facts and then they just go with them.
2: Yeah. yeah and that, you've got good. to be
0: a pretty darn good writer to make it go and make it go into a movie.
2: Well, that's cool. That's although I've always thought that sometimes Hollywood had a very low threshold for stuff like that sometimes. Yeah. You know, that I, don't really that, that, I don't know of any of her
0: books that... I don't know of any of her books, I can't think of any, that might hold your interest to go all the way through. Well, mine, but I'm not so sure it would hold yours.
2: Well, I don't know. Like I said, um, you know, maybe I should be fair to Jackie Collins and uh, and pick up one of her books and read it sometime? Yeah, well, I've got some here you can go through. Okay. Okay, well, you know, I mean, that was kind of a shock because I, I you know, like I said, I follow her on Twitter and uh, I follow her Twitter posts. Sometimes it's just making a comment to somebody else, but, but I did follow her actively. I mean, some people I just don't even see on Twitter anymore, and I should go through my my list of people that I'm following and start reading out the ones that aren't posting anymore. Finally gave up following Leonard Nemo. Now, Leonard Nemo has, has been passed away for a long time, you know, quite a while. And I finally unfollowed Leonard Nemo. Uh, no offense to Leonard if he happens to be listening to the show, but... Uh, I figure that is dead, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So if,
0: you know, I mean, if he, if he's gone, there's no way to follow him, so you might as well unfollow.
2: Yeah, and there's for someone else. There is. Um, I can't think if it's his son or grandson, but somebody is working up a um a a tribute to him. I Can't remember if it's his son or grandson, but it's it's kind of interesting they're putting together the funds for this uh it's a tribute or something. I'm not sure exactly. I can't remember exactly what it is. Um uh-huh. but anyway, if you look um uh, if you look up Leonard Nimoy, um in Google and Bang or whatever, uh you can find information about that. I don't remember if it's a uh, if it's gonna be a biography movie or what. I'm not sure what they're trying to put together, but there are soliciting funds for that on Twitter. I know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other, other than that, nobody took over uh, his Twitter account when he passed away, mm-hmm. which I guess in a way is good because his last tweet was very prophetic. Yeah. Anyway, look, look up the real Nemo. Sometimes folks on Twitter, look at his last tweet. It's just unbelievable. Um, And I said that he knew he was going to pass away soon when he posted that. Anyway, um, a death of another sort. We're moving on here. And the only reason we're moving on is because I didn't think that Brian would say anything about Jackie Collins. Last Did you have anything <laughs> to add on that, Brian?
3: Mm, nope, never heard of her till now.
0: <laughs> and yeah. I knew that was coming.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you have to remember, <laughs> I'm, I'm part of the I'm part I'm part of the younger generation.
0: He's one of the kids.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Okay. Now, if you are Spanish speaking or watching a vision at all, uh, or you you pay attention to what's going on in the Latino world, you know that uh, Saturday night was the last episode of Sabado Gigante. Now, Sabado Gigante was the longest running variety show in the world. It started in Chile in 1962. It's been on over 50 years. Um, it was hosted by Chilean TV star Mario Cortez under the stage name of Don Francisco. And uh, I, I saw it. I, I saw you know Salvador Dali several times over the years. It was. Uh, it was a crazy, wacky variety show. Um, of course, like I said, all done in Spanish. Um, really, kind of a crazy damn show. There was there was interesting things too. There was uh, family reunions. You know, people maybe who had uh, come up to the United States to work, and uh, they uh, they had a reunion with their with their folks in their home country, and they brought them on air and all that. Um, they they did just really an, an outrageous thing. I am sure that you can find it someplace. You should be able to find it someplace if you uh, yeah, if you are a Spanish speaker. I'm sure you've probably seen it. Um, it's gone through generations. I mean, we're talking about five or six generations of, uh, of viewers. Uh, it was on for 53 years. And, uh, the last episode was, um, was Saturday night. And it says, for the first time during the show's run, the final episode aired live in Chile, Mexico, and the United States. So, in 53 years, it was a taped show. Much as, like, Saturday Night Live in the United States is actually done, what, Friday morning or something like that? Friday afternoon. um their uh, their show was taped for Saturday night and this past Saturday it was actually live. So in fifty three years they had one live up. Now I don't know about what they did in Chile back then. I don't know if they had it tape or if they uh, if they had it um a live show. Anyway, the end of an era, the end of um the, the the longest running variety show in the world. Now, and I think we as Americans, and English-speaking Americans in particular, I think we kind of don't pay any attention to what's going on in the rest of the entertainment world. Now, maybe, you know, BBC television or Australian broadcasting or whatever, uh, because that's that is in English and we can identify with that. But Americans, by and large, we have a, a major failing in this country that if it doesn't happen here, it doesn't happen. And, you know, practically every country in the world now has television of some sort, right? There was TV in Chile in 1962. John F. Kennedy was president, and they had television in Chile. And and in a lot of other countries too. I mean, you know, when I lived in Germany in the '60s, they had politics. and it was kind of wild. You know, watching they they would bring American TV shows over and show it on German TV, and you'd be watching like an episode of Gunsmoke, and it was all in German. You know, German overdub. That was kind of crazy, though. <laughs> Did you? Uh, yeah. You were too. You were too young, and you were in, in Germany in the '50s, right? Um, yeah, tail end of the forties, early fifties. Yeah, so you you missed German TV. German TV didn't start until uh, late fifties or sixties, right? But all of the you know Bonanza, Gunsmoke, Germans loved western. They had a a, a big um, series that you could go to the movie uh You could go to the movie. And, and see uh, the German-made Western literature. Uh, but Germans, uh, when they had German television, they loved Have Gun Will Travel, Bonanza, um, you know, Wyatt Earp, Gunsmoke, and it was all over-dubbing German. So so you would, you know, you would have Marshall Ben and Dylan um, going into the saloon, maybe there was a fight, and, and in, instead of saying, you know, uh, what's going on here, he would say is less than house. The German translation, and of course, you know, you can figure out what he's saying if you didn't speak German. Uh, but it was just interesting to see, like Hofkarten, like talking in German and all that. <laughs> anyway, um, the end of a big era in in Latin television, you know, and. The interesting thing about Salvador Gigante is that it came from Chile originally. Univision picked it up and uh, produced it. I think it was produced in Miami after that. It was made for the general Spanish-speaking audience. Now, you know, understand that that Spanish is a is not exactly a different language in every country, but every country has its own flavor, Spanish. Uh, In other words, a person, person from Cuba, uh, against a person from Mexico. You know, if you know the different dialects, you know, it's like the difference between a person from Boston and a person from Atlanta. They're both speaking English, but we know it's a different variety, different flavor of English. And you can understand what they're saying for the most part, but you know it's a different, it, It's a regional difference, and the same thing with Latin, with um, with Spanish. In that, if you are an experienced Spanish speaker, then you can tell the difference between somebody from uh, El Salvador and Honduras or whatever. But anyway, Salvador Giovanni was made for the largest Spanish-speaking audiences. It was kind of um, you would i say like a schoolbook, uh, a, a schoolbook Spanish, you know, proper Spanish where everybody can get everybody can get involved. Anyway, that's the end of it. Uh, I thought it was very interesting that Kurtzberger, I heard him the other day on uh, NPR he was being interviewed on NPR and everything and uh, they were asking him well you know, the way um Sabo turned out that they were they were interested in the top half of women and not from the neck up folks. And uh some feminist was talking to him about, you know, do you think that was a really, little um too much in today's climate and he says you know what, he says I don't care what people think about it, I like it it was an interesting interview. he was kind of old fashioned you know he became old fashioned only because he kept his routine from the 60's and 70's and he brought it into the 2000's which to us seems a little dated but he said I don't care, I love it that's the way the show is, that's the way it was." Interesting character. Anyway, end of an era, there, Louie. Mm-hmm. An end of an era.
0: Yes, definitely.
2: Okay. Um,
0: I think you and I have seen a lot of end of eras
2: in different <laughs> yeah.
0: different areas.
2: Uh, let's let's touch on this real quick, cause this is kind of a last minute deal. Um, Jake Brewer. 34 senior policy advisor in the white house office of the chief technology office um his wife is mary catherine ham mary catherine ham is a conservative commentator and journalist um she's also a friend of mine by the way they got married a couple of years ago and uh had one daughter and they had another baby on the way um Apparently, yesterday, he was on a bicycle ride that raised money to fight cancer. And I'm reading from uh, the Washington Post or CBS News. Um, It says, the Washington Post reported Saturday that Jake was killed in Howard County, Maryland, uh, during a bicycle ride. Bill apparently lost control of his bicycle at a sharp curve along the race course, crossed the double yellow line. And had a collision with an oncoming vehicle. Mm. So Jake, Jake Earle was killed yesterday. Age 34. Uh, worked in the uh, White House Office of Technology. He was a senior policy advisor uh, for the White House Office of the Chief Technology of Chief, Chief Technology Officer. Anyway, uh, and, and what makes that. Doubly hard is the fact that um, him and Mary Catherine had just gotten married a couple of years ago, had had a baby daughter, I think his daughter is two or three years old now, something like that, and Mary Catherine is pregnant again, pretty rough time. Yeah, that
0: would
2: be rough. Yeah, um, Mary Catherine just posted on Instagram uh, this morning. Uh, she says, we lost our Jake yesterday, and I lost part of my heart and the father of my sweet babies. I don't have to tell most of you how wonderful he was. It was self-evident. His life was his testimony, and it was powerful and tender and fierce with an ever-present twinkle in the eye. I will miss him forever, even more than I can know right now. Um, the White House, um, President Obama issued a statement, um, said that they would be praying for the family, and said that they will always have a family here at the White House. Um, Jake worked in in the White House. His wife was a conservative commentator. And you would think that the two would not get along. They They actually did. You know, technology, folks, is technology, no matter who's in in the administration. And if we can advance technology in a meaningful way, we need to do that no matter who uh, the president is. In fact, I would rather see a Democratic president with some conservative technology people in their White House administration because they need to hear both sides of, of an equation. They need to hear this, stuff. You know, I've always said that technology is morally neutral. It's neutral. It's what we do with it to good or evil. We have, I, I have the same basic philosophy with the Second Amendment, you know, with firearms. Firearms are morally neutral. It is the operator that makes him good or evil. You can pick up a gun and go out in the field and and hunt pheasant all day long and feed your family, or you can go next door and kill your neighbor. It's not the gun that's doing it, it's you. And it's the same with technology of all sorts. You know, firearms are technology. Automobiles are technology. I can jump in the car and drive uh, our neighbor John, I could drive him to the hospital and save his life, maybe. Or I can jump in the car and be drunk and go kill somebody. It's not the automobile that's making that decision. It's me as a human being. And it's the same thing with technology. And that's why I like to see people like Jake in there. In the Obama administration. You know, if nothing else, maybe looking out for our best interest as technology users. There was an episode of the wrestling that I can point you back to. Um, I am trying to think of the name of the lady. She's on CSI. She's on one of the CSI shows, uh, Lou, um She's originally from North Carolina, and I can't think of her name offhand.
0: Talking about the little blonde, she also used to be on uh, West Wing.
2: Yeah, she was on West Wing. And I can't think of her name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: She's Callie on CSI uh, Miami.
2: Okay, she played... She played... A Republican. I think she was a lawyer. After nothing else, she was some some sort of political consultant or whatever. She was a Republican on the West Wing, and she was hired. She was hired by the Bartlett administration to come in and work. And sometime after uh, she started her job at the West Wing, she was having lunch with her friends, and they were talking about. You know, how crazy it is to work for them, you know, them crazy Democrats and all that. And she just Emily Proctor. Them. Emily Proctor. Yes. Emily Thank okay. you, Brian. Okay. Um, you know, she just put her friend down and said, look, you know, these people have different philosophies, but they're still Americans, they're still patriots, and we need to help them. And, and I feel the same way um, when I look at people like James Carville and Mary Madeline. You know, Carville, the Democrat, uh, big Democratic political consultant, Mary Matlin, conservative, uh, conservative commentator, and they're married and they're happy. I mean, that's you know, they're within the family there. And you have Judge Brewer and uh, Mary Catherine Ham, and I'm not real sure about Judge's politics, but I-, I would I would say probably leaning for conservative. If he was married to Mary Catherine Hamm. Either that or they had a Carville and Mattlin marriage. One or the other. Um, but anyway, you know, past couple of days, we lose Jackie Collins, we lose Salvador Givante, we lose Jake Brewer. We need, we need people and shows to step up and take their places, folks. So. Anyway um you know brian we haven't said much about what's going on with you and everything why don't you uh why don't we go ahead and, and we're going to kind of end the show on a brian note you can give us an update on what's been going on or whatever you'd like to talk about for the next few minutes
3: uh basically at the beginning of the show kind of uh explained it you know just been doing the uh, local loads um the only thing I really can say is the uh, the update on my truck. Um, they, they had to go in the shop because before I came out here, a driver backed into the mirror, which went into the door. So they had to uh, they had to fix that. The update that I got on Friday was the uh, the door is going to be painted this Monday. So they did get the uh, the new door on, but it's going to be painted. They were still waiting on a part, which I believe is for the mirror. Uh, that should come in Monday as well. So once they get the, uh, the door painted and that, that part on, my truck should be ready. Uh, everybody, at the company's kind of pissed off that, uh, that it's not ready when they said it was going to be, but I don't know. That's, that's basically all that's been going on. They don't have any loads on the weekend. So I get the weekends off, spend them in, in a motel doing basically nothing, watching TV and that's about it, but. I don't know. That's that's the only time that's been going on. Just waiting for my truck to uh, to get out of the shop and doing local loads and sitting around. Yeah.
2: Now, are you are you close to where the office is up there?
3: Uh, not really. The yard in the office. I think it's about 45 minutes away from each other. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm actually closer to the uh, the yard than I am the office. It only takes about Ten fifteen minutes to get from uh, the motel to the yard. Oh, okay, okay.
2: So you hang,
3: you, you you basically hang out more at the yard than you would at their office. Yeah, I've only been to their office once, and that was when uh, when I first got here and met everybody. Yeah. I mean, how many trucks do Do you know? Uh, think they have about ten to fifteen trucks.
2: Okay, and that's uh, that's basically
3: an owner operator company. Yeah, they uh, they mainly do owner operators, but you know, with me, I'm I'm starting off as company driver, so they do have uh, the option to be you know company driver. Oh, okay. But you're gonna go owner
2: operator
3: here, right? No. Well, no, they. Gonna- uh, okay. they- well, Andy, Andy asked me if I wanted to uh, just stay company driver and on or off, and and I think for the time being I'll just stay uh, company driver. The truck that they're going to give me, I don't, I don't know if I actually want to buy it or not. Since the it's, it's a 2000 Peterbilt 379 has um, close to 850,000 miles on it, so I think if they can give me something newer that I would actually want, you know, less miles newer year, you know, different features on the truck, then, yeah, I, I might go ahead and buy it, but the truck that they're giving me now, I'm, I don't think I'm going to buy it. Okay. All
2: right. All right. Well, anyway, we're coming down to about four or five minutes left on the show here, folks. Uh, Lou, anything, final word, 30 seconds to a minute?
3: Um, basically, uh, yep. everybody stay safe. Um, The normal words that Lou would say, you know, take your time on the roads, don't cut off uh, other drivers, and stay away from Los Angeles because traffic sucks. <laughs>
0: I could have told you that before you ever got there, honey. I spent 11 <laughs> years driving that traffic.
3: <laughs> I
0: hate it. <laughs> yeah,
2: especially during the week. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Lou. Uh, thank you, Brian. Good to hear you back on uh, on the show again and uh, updated everybody. And next time uh, next time you're on, we'll have another update from Brian on what's going on in, in his part of the trucking world. And uh, let's go ahead and remember, you know, stay safe, don't drive like my son, and uh, <laughs> have a good week this week. Um, thank you again, Brian. Thank you again, Lou. And we are running out of time here just as quick as possible and I don't know how to extend this show anymore. Just change this around here. Anyway, we will see you here next Sunday, six PM Eastern, four PM mountain time for the interactive internet. Oh, um next Thursday, excuse me, next Sunday is a full eclipse of the moon, it's a super moon, it's a blood moon, it's a harvest moon. And it's going to be a full eclipse, and it's supposed to start somewhere around 9 o'clock Eastern next Sunday evening. folks. So check that out. If you don't have clouds, go so check out the moon. It's going to be a total lunar eclipse, and I think it's going to be total through most of North America. So that's going to be cool. We will go check that out right after the show next Sunday. Uh, thanks again, Lou. Thanks again, Brian C. Hall next Sunday on uh, North North Radio for the interactive internet and uh, appreciate you listening, see you next Sunday bye bye We'll meet again Don't know
4: where. Don't know when But I i day.